Remember that mass shooting? No, the one before that one. We talk about what it's like when it's your demographic that's targeted by extremists. Then we segue to Broadway in the 60s. All this and more on The Leftscape! I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you're listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. And hi, I'm Robin Renee. And for what it's worth, I am starting out this show talking about the diseases of the month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The awareness, the awarenesses, the awareness of diseases. uh, October was the monthiest month so far, and November... (laughs) has a lot of them, um, but we sort of divided them up into categories. And this week, we've got a few things that we should be aware of. Um, Diabetic eye disease, lung cancer, COPD, and diabetes. These are all obviously serious things that um, if we can keep ourselves healthy and not have those, that would be really, really excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, PPSI AIDS awareness. Now, uh, PPSI is Pharmacist Planning Services Incorporated, so they have um, designated this month to be aware of AIDS, HIV issues. Um, Pet cancer, pancreatic Mm -hmm. cancer, and prematurity. Now, I'm not exactly sure if this is about birth or ejaculation. (laughs) I Um, I think it's, I think it's birth. It's birth. Okay. Preemie birth awareness. So, which is not really a disease, but it's a medical, you know, issue to be uh, contended with. Well, yeah. I was premature. Were you? I was. I was born a month early. Wow. Yeah, that's why I am the way I am. But oh, but is it? it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but what I I wonder about my my zodiac sign. You know, my astrology sign. Like, if I was supposed to be born um, in June, but I was born in May. Then, do I have some of that Juneness? No, you were supposed to be a May baby. That's why you were born early. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I enjoy being a May baby. Well, that solves that. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, it's Fraud Awareness Week, so um, hopefully that was not a fraudulent uh, decision. I think that's probably accurate. <laughs> But definitely, um, yeah, be aware of, especially when people, when people call me and try to sell me something, I'm, I never want to give them any information. I just, I don't buy it. I, I think every, you, I you shouldn't even fine. answer the phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, nurse practitioner week, it's kindness week, which is a really good thing. Let's think about that one. Try to Let's have kindness for more than a week. I think that's a better idea. Absolutely. <laughs> And it's Dear Santa Letter Week, so if That's kids too are, early. It's a little early, but I guess maybe the kids want to start planning, you know? Well, no, I mean, doesn't it take a while for the to the for the letter to get to Santa? And then Santa has to go shopping. 
That's right. So oh, he yeah. Al's working. He's got to, he's got yeah, to put the order Santa in. Santa has to hit Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why it's now, because Santa has to go hit Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Geography Awareness Week, which is great for Americans. People in the U.S. are terrible at geography. I, I include myself I, in I that used category. to think I was good. And then, and then the Soviet Union broke up, and so, and then, and then, like I don't know. And, oh, the, well, but then the Soviet Union broke up, and then the colonialism. You know, then the Africans got their independent countries, and I, you know, and my globe that I grew up with is completely useless and out of date, oh. and I have no idea anymore. I, it's embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hunger and homeless awareness. Um, That's so. good. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, because the weather is getting colder. And uh, people mm-hmm. out on the street. and I, th- I think it's, I think it's also due to the proximity to Thanksgiving, because that's usually when everybody's thinking, oh yeah, we need to give people food who don't have food because they need to eat once a year. So right, <laughs> exactly. Oh man, and American Education Week. We were just actually. Uh, talking about that a little bit national book award week also which is a good thing um the days okay here we are it's national pickle day Mm. Mm, that's very cool i like i like dill pickles actually spicy guacamole day which is delicious thursday is national clean out your refrigerator day so you're gonna do that one day in the year <laughs> well yeah, yeah. You're, you're getting ready for the holidays you might as well get rid of all the crap that's turning your <laughs> you colors. need to make room for the turkey <laughs> right. before you cook it the fucking which i'm probably gonna make this year <laughs> so. that sounded like a curse i think it, you, you should there's a video that yeah, there's a lot of cursing in the video that shows you how to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best. Those are the best videos. Yeah. So uh, what about birthdays? Um, well, uh, we can say happy birthday to some people who have passed. Uh, today is the birth, the day of birth of Edward, the astronaut Edward White, who was killed in the Apollo 1 fire. Claude Monet, the artist. Fanny Mendelssohn, who was the sister of the famous Mendelssohn, but she also was a composer. Um, Leopold Mozart, and this is also uh, the fathers of famous composers' birthdays. Uh, Leopold Mozart, who's Wolfgang Mozart's father, and Johann von Beethoven, who's Leopold Leopold's father. Their birthdays are today. That isn't that Lud- Ludwig. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Ludwig. I tried to correct it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron Copeland's birthday. Brian Keith, the actor from uh, uh, from many. I saw si- him in Inherit the Wind. No, I saw him in a Broadway. sitcom on television when I was a kid. Oh, um, uh, not not Bachelor Father. Uh, family Affair. Yes, with yeah. the big the beardy guy as the butler. Yeah. <laughs> the beardy guy. <laughs> Um, McLean Stevenson from MASH, uh, some other actors, Dick Powell, Veronica Lake. Um, I married a witch. <laughs> and um, in the living category, it is Patrick Warburton's birthday. He uh, was he played uh, the tick in the first version of the TV show made from the, the, co- the comic strip, the comic book, rather. 
Uh, he also played Putty on Seinfeld, and he's currently in the Netflix a series of unfortunate events. Uh, Sandal Bergman, who is a dancer who I've admired for forever, uh, she was uh, Fosse's principal dancer, and she played Red Sonia in the movies, and she was also in um, the Conan movies. It's also Yanni's birthday, and <laughs> and sorry. Reverend, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Happy birthday, Yanni, uh, and Reverend Run of Run DMC, Joseph Simmons, and also uh, Nina Gordon from Veruca Salt. So happy birthday to all y'all. Awesome. And for those people who are interested in history, on this day in 1851, Moby Dick was published in the U.S. In, and in 1889, journalist Nellie Bly, whose real name was Elizabeth Cochran Seaman, followed the footsteps of fictional character Phineas Fogg from Jules Verne's Around the World in 80 Days. She started her adventure in Hoboken and returned 72 days later. So she beat Jules Verne's character uh, by eight days. <laughs> wow. She, she, Nellie Bly is an interesting person. I, I have read up on her, and she's uh, uh, an instigate, investigative journalist uh, when women, you know, didn't have jobs. Let's see. <laughs> uh, so she, so she, she did that. Okay. In 1968, Yale University went co-ed. And in 1969, Apollo 12 was launched, uh, the second manned mission to the moon, with crew commander Charles Conrad Jr., Richard F. Gordon Jr., and Alan L. Bean. Oh, Wendy met Alan Bean. Yes, at space camp. I did. Oh. I went to space camp. They had in the 80s when I discovered they had a program for adults and. Um, I got to be a mission specialist and repair the Hubble telescope, although NASA declined um, to send me to really do it for real. Um, but Alan Bean was um, the, the real astronaut that was there for my session. Um, he's also a really amazing artist, um, and, or was, I, don't, I, don't, I believe he passed away within the last couple of years. Um, but he did these realistic, very realistic paintings of astronauts in space and and he was he had a slideshow uh and one of the paintings it's like he would talk to the other astronauts and this one guy said he always regretted not writing his daughter's name in the in the sand when he was up there so when he did a painting of him on the moon he wrote he had his daughter he did it he painted it as if the guy had written his daughter's name on the moon um which oh, i thought cool. was really sweet that's very mm -hmm. cool I have a fun yeah. fact also. <laughs> I oh, yeah. actually had my, my, the dog that I was, as, as a little kid when I was growing up, his name was Conrad, named after Commander Charles Conrad, who was actually went oh. by Pete Conrad. So <laughs> Conrad was an awesome wine runner. Uh, he was, he was my buddy. <laughs> so. uh, see, when I was a kid, I wanted a dog. I wanted a German Shepherd and I was going to uh, name him Alan. <laughs> oh. uh, I really did that. 
so, Wendy, when you went to the space camp, you were an adult. Yes, I was. Oh, that's cool. That's cool that they have adults can appreciate it even yeah. more. There were, uh, it was a lot of them, a lot of the people there were, were educators, uh, you know, so um, it was actually an interesting mix of people who were there. But, uh, mo- like fun. yeah, it was. It was great. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I have one last uh, space sort of thing. Is in 1971 on this day, NASA's uh, Mariner 9 spacecraft became the first man, first manned, man-made, oh, man-made object to orbit another planet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Mariner Mars. 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 Mariner 9 was the Mariner project was Mars exploration. Recently in the news, there were the the bombs that were mailed to all of the um, big Democratic Jewishy names, and uh, the massacre in the synagogue in Pittsburgh, and then and then the fires in um, the I think they were all in Brooklyn in New York. There were seven fires set recently, and and a lot of other Jewish places were um, uh, they got vandalized. You know, vandalized with swastikas, and then some grave sites are getting uh, vandalized again. Um, so so the the whole gist of this is and i and i've kind of been expecting this kind of thing to happen sadly um and and uh last year i think i had read um a nice essay written by another jewish woman um who talked about you know the jewish community and and our provisional whiteness and how our our white card as i call it could could just be uh revoked at any time and and uh after the pittsburgh stuff um i really felt very much that my white card has been revoked and and uh and it got me thinking about um you know how how it is to live where um where there's you know just your existence is offensive to somebody the fact that you're just here on the planet existing and that got me thinking about you know my brothers and sisters who have to live like this every day ever since they were born because their skin color is is wrong or or they're they they happen to love the wrong people or they want you know or they or their their bodies are wrong so they want to be um be someone other than how they were when they're born and and this is their reality every day um and it's and i and i don't want to make it seem like i just woke up and say oh i now understand your plight but i have a i guess a deeper understanding just from just from living with this for just a few short weeks and how it and how it's changed my stress levels and i and i just keep thinking of like about like other people and how how horrible it is that they have to feel like they live like this constantly all the time i i want to hear about your um 
I don't know, kind of emotional <laughs> transition of feeling. I, well, it's it's not. Or it's well, it's it's not fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and but the thing, you know, I can still when I move out around in the world, it's not like. It's not like I've got a, a you know, a, a yellow star of David on my clothes, you know. So even mm-hmm. even though I'm feeling nervous and weird, and and uh, and it's and it's also because you know I'm not a practicing Jew and I haven't been to temple in decades. Because you know I'm a practicing pagan, and I'm not sure that pagans are real high on the on the desirable lists anymore either. But um, but I you know my Jewish identity is more is more cultural and genetic rather than religious. So I I'm nervous. Um, but it's not like I'm putting myself in places where I'm going to be targeted, and. And even though I have these feelings, I realize that the communities that that are targeted that can't hide, you know, in in amongst white people, you know, um, that that their their stuff is is like at a higher level than than whatever it is I'm feeling. So I have I have like yeah I'm feeling this and I kind of and I definitely have I think a better understanding but i still don't know what it's like to to have your whole life be like that you know um because i think i have and i'm just thinking about even even the the background stress levels and how that's got to affect everybody's health and then i'm thinking about my friends who are in the at-risk communities and how frequently they've got chronic health problems and they've got you know and they die young and and all of this other stuff and i'm and i'm wondering like how much of that is because of this constant bullshit that gets heaped on them from these people that that just can't they they don't want to be in a world where everybody isn't exactly like them and i don't understand that Mm. Yeah, it's a weird, I've been taking note more often when I have thoughts and fears and feelings that have to do with that, Um, because I think it is, it does become second nature, you know, and I've been taking some time lately to remember things like the thought like, oh, maybe I shouldn't wear a hoodie if I go running in this certain neighborhood or, um, you know, just depend, just making choices about which way to drive or choosing not to tour in the South, which I've not Mm. done until I get a new car, you know? Um, there are a lot of, I I guess I make a lot of decisions that way. Yeah. 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 It, it's it, weird because I haven't been as cognizant of it as I mean I, I think it has become just part of what you do you know um, and that makes me sad because it that's yeah. not that's not how life should be and mm-hmm. I, and and I'm and I'm really hoping that we can change this in a positive way as we go forward I mean it kind of seems like the younger generation is better at this. I think maybe I it it 
I don't know. Um, I, 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 have a, I have a question about that, and this is a thing that I, I just heard. Maybe I'm trying to remember what show it was on. Um, I'll remember it later. But it, the, <laughs> yeah. the idea was, I mean, I think in one sense, a lot of younger folks are not, are, are very socially liberal, you know, and they don't care about what gender you are or if you're Jewish or black or... Or if you like the same, if you like, if you like the same sex, or right. the same gender, or whatever. Are young people, are you talking about teenagers or people in their twenties or what? Um, yeah. I guess millennial and younger Gen Z now. <laughs> you know, more teenagers. I think that's true of people younger than us in general. Um, however, I just heard something that was really alarming. Actually, that. There's a there's a surprising number of people, young people who are not committed to democracy. Like they don't think it's it matters if you're living in a democracy that much, mm. you know. And I'm feeling like maybe that's the collective memory of like World War II not there anymore. They don't really. They're like, oh well, if, if a nice dictator is. There's a map, like we're just not thinking about it. If he you know, makes the trains run on time. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, no, well, I don't know if they would. If, if someone phrased the question, "Do you want a dictator to rule your country?" They might say no. But if they say, "How important is being living in a democracy to you?" Well, technically, yeah. we're not living in so a democracy. Well, you know, yeah, and we republic. haven't been. No, not even a republic. We're in an oligarchy. Well, oh, that's yeah. that's true. But I mean, obvious, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is that. We grew up with the ideal of, we grew up with a certain ideal of what we want to be true, which it never has been fully true, you know? Mm. But we're working towards it. I think, I, yeah, I think people are. I mean, at least progressives are and activists are. But there's, if you have the um, factor of people not thinking about that or not caring about it, um, that's a scarier thing. That's a that scary, scary thought. That's scary. You know, because you're not kind of watching, you're not aware of what could happen and you're not watching out to make sure the world stays in a, in a more positive place. So I don't know. That, that had me concerned, actually. I think that was, was it on the media or I will remember what show that was from. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a mixed thing and I and I think just developing the awareness of what could be possible not to just I don't want everyone to live in fear you know but um living with the sense of vigilance about our system I think would be a good thing because you know shit can change obviously well shit is has changed and yeah and and the fact that we don't know the results of the election today is, you know, I who can make a prediction not knowing, you know, it depends on how today turns out, honestly, because mm-hmm. I'm hoping that uh, that that sanity will will prevail and that we can make a course correction because um, right now we are it's it's scary um, and it and, you know. I don't know, but I would I would like I would like for the for the anti Semites and the racists to go back under the rocks where they came from. Honestly, yeah, I would, I would like them to not feel comfortable doing the things that they've been doing. 
Yeah. Yeah, I that, agree. That's the thing. But, that's the thing. They, they've always been around, but the thing is, is that now they feel that, uh, oh, um, it's okay for me to do this. You know, um, more people are doing it, and so I might as well do it too. I, I can speak out and yell at people in the supermarket or something. That's so scary. what can we do to get people to not... Uh, my concern is that people will vote, and I want this vote to go our way, obviously, but I'm worried that people will say, well, that other... The thing that's happening now is not America, and we're going to vote it out, and then everything is going to be fine again. <laughs> and, and I don't believe that. I don't think no. that... I, I, you know, I but think the thing is, it is America. The more that's the, that's the point. The more we learn get... about the history that they don't teach us in school, um, the more horrified and ashamed I am of the behavior of this country over its existence. Um, you know, the, the there are some things that we did do right, and there's some things that were just horrible and we have to kind of own that and we have to acknowledge that that happened and we have to make sure it doesn't happen anymore and the and and that's kind of where my head is and it, and it's like i look around and it's like no we're we're still doing this we're still doing the horrible things that we were doing a hundred years ago 200 years ago i mean it's it's taken there's different words around it and it's maybe a little it's taken maybe a different form but it's still there you know um it's it's the way it's the it's the the separation of the of the families it's the kids that are still separated from their parents um it's what we're planning to do with with these immigrants coming to our borders and and it's it's how we're how we're treating our incarcerated population and and how that's turned into this this it's slavery under another name you mm-hmm. know um it's like yeah we supposedly finished with the civil war but did we really i don't think we did i they mean not civil wars ever finished so you know we got to do better and I'm hoping that we're doing better right now as people are voting. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I, I was reading a commentary by someone who I really respect last night as an, as an activist, and he was really kind of calling out the whole voting thing, saying you're, you know, basically everyone's just voting but still invested in maintaining the white supremacist um, system that we have and that getting beneath the surface of, of believing that we have voices because we're all voting today is really the main point, you know? And I'm not as, I don't have as jaundiced a look <laughs> at, I think voting is an important thing and I will work to make sure that we're doing that and doing um, all types of activism. But I really did take the point that, you know, getting uh, farther into really what's at work is is important. And um, it just reminded me, at least on one little level, just 
speaking up when I see things and hear things. There's so many little things that go by every day that we just kind of accept. It's like, oh, well, that's just the way that person is or that's just how things are, which I'm tired of accepting. Um, and I sometimes don't have the strength to talk about stuff. I'm, think, I'm thinking a lot about um, like a casual homophobia that I hear mm. often around where I live. And I think sometimes people make a point of it because they think it makes them seem more appealing or cooler or something mm. which and that's part of the system too i mean it's not it's white supremacy and it's the heteronormativity and the, all, all of the you know what i mean um i i lump that in under under the, the term patriarchy yeah that's all part of that soup <laughs> yes and so well i, I th- I think having alternative voices out there and the mission that I've really found for myself is just making sure that um, other non-mainstream voices are being heard of all types of people. Yes. Um, and I don't feel like it's enough. I, it's always never feels like enough, but I'm trying, I'm noticing places where I just have been uh, lacking in my speaking up about issues as they come up in in everyday life and i'm wondering if feeling like your card was revoked because i felt like my gender normativity card was revoked a couple of years ago and i've had issues around that Mm. in some ways which feels dangerous actually to be mistaken for a black young black male (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah i was like oh shit that's a this that's a whole other thing you know (laughs) um but I I don't know um, what that will that. I don't know. I I mean as as you were talking, I'm just thinking we need to we need to be like water. In in all of the ways water is, mm. you know. What do you mean? Uh, well, it's water is is adaptable. It 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 fills a space. You know, it can fill any space where it can fit. It can, but the thing about water is. And it takes a long time, you know, like the water made the Grand Canyon, mm. you know, the Grand it's Canyon like was, it was flat, right? And it, and it's just, the water just starts chipping, you know, just starts like dissolving and getting rid of this, of stuff. And then it's not there anymore. So we need to be like water. <laughs> we mm. need to be everywhere and we need to be just taking a little drip at a time uh, against the patriarchy. Yeah. Cause that's it, it. Cause it's, it's, I'm thinking this is, this is the patriarchy is this cultural paradigm that's been in place for how many thousands of years now? You know, you know what too? I, I think we're seeing this so much uh, lately because they're scared. I think they're scared. Oh yeah. Well, that I think that's a big part of it because things are changing, and yes. a lot of people are in are in this really um, this frantic. Yeah, I, that's the other thing. Things and like make make it turn back the clock, basically. Well, it's yeah because yeah, they yeah. Fe- because they think they think it's pie. They think everything is is a zero sum game, and life is not a zero sum game. Um, that means but like I, if if someone gets more they're getting less yeah 
that's where mm-hmm. that's where the fear comes in and 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 sadly the people in power use the fear fear is is one of the best motivators that they you know the the psychology people you know when you're this when you're trying to do an ad for something fear 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 is hot is a higher i wanted to use the t word and i want to use it motivator um, it's it's a higher motivator than desire mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. desire is number two fear is number one yeah. um yeah so but you know what i i think it's also it's not just um if they get like there's there's me and there's the other and if the other gets more of the pie then i get less it's also um an idea of if i was that person uh i am better than the other and because the other is and then i would say you know like low iq or stuff like that that it's it's a way of building oneself up by putting somebody else down well that's the patriarchy that's the patriarchy that's That's, it's a hierarchical structure of of um of power and not just but what i'm trying to say is it's not just power it's also it all devolves devolves to power if if i can finish my sorry okay um uh if you're feeling about yourself that they they feel better about themselves because they're scared that they're not good or they're not good enough but then they can raise their own image in their own mind by putting somebody else down yeah but that's a power dynamic yeah it is that too <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, I think I think what happens is that all all of the ways that all the tools that people believe they have to be effective in the world and and to have self esteem and all of those things all comes from the back the system that's running in the background, you know. Right. And it limits everybody. It limits us too because I'm sure that there are a lots of things that we've accepted or just assumed to be how the world works that's based on that. And I think the task at hand is to really start waking up from that and seeing, like, even if it's disadvantaged us, like, what parts of that have been at work in our own lives, you know? Exactly. What can you do to to change it? And and, and I like the water metaphor a lot because it really, it speaks to the everydayness of every little thing that you do makes a difference, you know? But what can we do to change it? Well, speak up. Okay. That's one thing that we're talking about. Like, you know, if you hear... That's why we're here right now. That's why we're here right now. I mean, but I'm sure that you can think about any typical day just out in the world, and you'll hear things that are... Um, not, not spoken from truth or spoken out of malice or making assumptions about other groups or something like that. And can you speak up when you hear that? You know, if someone says something anti-Semitic, 
that's even you know us that's a lot of times it's it's veiled you know Mm -hmm. but is there something will you find the words to to say oh you know i don't really see it that way or or whatever it is you know i mean i don't know sometimes that feels so minute yeah just even but but when i ask what can we do about it i I, what you're saying makes total sense but I don't want to have to wait until I hear somebody say something. I want to be a little more proactive. So is mm-hmm. there something else that we can think of doing? Uh, I, well, I mean, I guess the other thing is to how do you carry yourself in the world, you know? Notice ways that you have privilege that you can use to, um, to benefit other people who don't. Um, and again, that's having a voice, I guess, in, in some ways, um, you, you teach, so maybe what you teach and how you teach can be more equitable in some way. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I don't yeah. know your life. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to I'm figure that in my I'm own life. Too. I'm in a good position because I teach, I think. And, and I do actually do this. Um, I do try to work on making uh, the playing field level for all the students, too. And there's always (laughs) the young white guy who comes in who always got all kinds of A's in in his high school and everything, and he just, he's the star of the class, and he walks in, and he thinks he's just going to charm me and and get away with murder, and I don't let him. (laughs) I make him do the work. And, and how, does, show, how does he feel about that? He, he gets surprised. He went, oh, I didn't get an A on this? <laughs> and then and then this one girl got an A on it? Yeah, yeah she actually worked harder than you. So there you go. Hmm. But it, somehow I feel like that's my own little game that I'm doing with these people. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's something, and it's, I don't know. I'm constantly soul-searching to figure out when, when I, how I can do better and what I can be doing to be more effective in the world. And I'm also just exhausted of it all sometimes, too. And I know that that's, that's valid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, I mean, I think taking care of ourselves and being safe are probably the biggest things first and then mm-hmm. you know and then what what can we do or what can we help other people to see um about making things making things better it's a puzzle think, you can, it's many yeah. conversations you know about that. yeah yeah many you know what i think we should put this out to our listeners too to um if they have ideas of things we can do that they could put it on our Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, everybody's ideas are, are absolutely welcome. And, you know, it's hard for me not to feel exhausted right now. That's just where I am with, with all these things. Um, but I hear Wendy, you know, and I, I feel that I, I guess I'm, I'm I'm having empathy about what it m- must feel like to sort of um, feel like a new a new threat is 
at hand. Yeah, well, it's an old threat that's it's an old become threat threatening again. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's probably, even though I, I definitely can't be mistaken for a white person, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so that's always there. But I definitely know that two years ago, I felt a, a new level of threat that I hadn't before. Um, or that, you know, well, obviously, it, 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 you know, that kind of thing comes in waves. Yeah. But, but it was a new kind of like, oh, okay, we're in a different level of this now. You yeah. Know? We're in, un, we're in, we're in territory we didn't really intend or desire to be in. Suddenly we're in this place, which is dangerous and yucky. So we're not going to solve the problems of the country in in an hour's worth of talking about stuff in a podcast but i would challenge our listeners to what they can do to make the world a better place for their neighbors at risk and especially if they if they are have if they have any kind of privileges at all if they can uh use them to the to the betterment of people without privilege. I think that would help. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. You can find my music all around the web and you can check me out at my website, robinrene.com. And uh, there you can find out where to reach me through all of my various social media outlets. Uh, I wanted to tell you that Quest of Life Media and Broadcast, a nonprofit LGBT singer-songwriter support services organization, has just announced their first release, and it's called Holiday 2018 Pride. The compilation features holiday classics and original songs by 14 LGBT artists, including Freddie Freeman, Noreen Brown, Namalie Brennett, Jay Spears, and I am very happy to say that my celebratory slash parody song Hare Krishna Christmas is in the mix. Holiday 2018 Pride will be available beginning on Monday, November 19th. So head over to questoflife.org and you can get your copy there and support LGBT artists. And um, you might find a new favorite for your holiday music library. And I also want to give a big shout out to International Pagan Radio, which is a place where you can tune in to hear a wide range of music and programming by pagan artists. And a very big thanks to those who have been voting for my song. Um, the, other end of, the other end of the line has reached the IPR top 20 hottest hits. It uh, came in at number 14 in October. And my tune, I'm Coming Down, spent a lot of time in their top 20 last year, and it uh, went all the way to number one. So thank you so much for that. And anybody who wants to check it out, head over to internationalpaganradio.com anytime, and you can listen there and you can vote for your favorites. Thanks. The Leftscape is sponsored by Harlequin and Other Fantasies, a meditative coloring book for grown-ups. Over 30 original illustrations to color, printed on 80-pound cover stock paper to avoid bleed-through with alcohol-based markers like Sharpies. Spiral-bound to lay flat when open. Printed on one side so you can frame your masterpiece without sacrificing another drawing. Subjects include animals, people, mandalas, steampunk, Celtic knotwork, and so much more. 
Use Leftscape at checkout to get free shipping. See the Leftscape website for details. Purchase Harlequin and other fantasies from wendycards.com. I have, uh, I spend a lot of time on Facebook and I spend probably too much time on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And one of my friends posted a five minute clip that he, and his comment was he wants to bring back go-go dance. And I'm watching this clip and it's some really, you know, there's dancers there. It's definitely the sixties and I'm listening to the music and I'm watching and I'm watching their hands move and I'm going, wait a minute, this kind of looks like a Bob Fosse choreography. And I, and I usually watch these videos with a sound off. So I turn the sound on and I hear like, you know, two bars from Hey Big Spender. And then I notice this guy dancing with red hair and he's bald and I'm going, wait a minute, that's Bob Fosse. Wait a minute, this is, this is from uh, Sweet Charity. So... <clears throat> And I hadn't seen that film in probably at least 20 years, maybe longer than that. Uh, and I kind of vaguely remember that I, I very likely saw it in the theaters when it came out in 1969. Because uh, my mom was really huge into musical theater and she was huge into movies and we would go to the movies all the time. So I got to see a, a lot of stuff that may have been a little too mature for me. I don't know. Um, and I guess in this day and age, probably not. Um, so I, I found it on YouTube because it wasn't on any of the other streaming um, of, uh, networks. Uh, so I watched the whole thing on YouTube last night. And the first thing I noticed was that the, um, and if you don't know what this, this show is about, uh, it's Shirley MacLaine is playing a taxi dancer, which... You know, it's like somebody, guys pay these women to dance with them. And I think this was kind of a euphemism for sex work. I really kind of think so. Uh, But they, you know, but it's a a Neil Simon. I don't know if it was a play before it became a musical, but Neil Simon wrote the book for the the musical. So it's kind of a Neil Simon play. Um, So... The first thing I notice is, is and, and Hey Big Spender is like the big, memorable song from that show. And um, when they get to that song, they're in the, in the dance hall, and all the women are lined up like on this kind of a stage, and they're leaning on a, um, on a railing. And it's like, and they're panning across all these women with all their wigs and all these makeup, all this makeup on them, saying, holy shit, this looks like an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. And um, I mean, everybody was gorgeous, and it, everybody, yeah, they had these huge wigs and pastel colors, and they and and they're all, you know, they have these, you know, great sparkly mini dresses on and everything, and and uh, and I'm thinking about how I'm always a little jealous of drag queens, and I always kind of want to dress up that way, and I'm kind of thinking about how old I was when I first saw this movie and how it affected me <laughs> and my sense of style, so. Well, you know what, I, I find it very funny that, that you look at that and you say, wow, this is like RuPaul's Drag Race, instead of thinking RuPaul's Drag Race is like Sweet Charity. You know, where did it start? You know, well, it's, it's like the, the one fed the other. Yeah, 
I totally yes, I get that, and it, and it's sort of um, drag. I guess it's they, but they've kept, you know, style for women has moved on from that spot that that era. You know, mm-hmm. um, women don't wear that much makeup anymore in general, um, mm-hmm. and it's and it's that it's like they they kind of kept that whole style thing although there was later on there was some really there was really some cringeworthy stuff because it was 1969 so they have this hippie number and there's people dressed up as indians and it's like i'm holding my head and going oh really we're doing this and it's like there's a lot of insensitivity but it was nice to watch a really young Ben Vereen dancing and and he's singing. Uh, and Cheetah Rivera is in it, and mm-hmm. you know, um, so and the dance numbers are amazing because it's all Bob Fosse choreography. So um, I don't know. I don't know if this is a why this is awesome, but I, it, it had awesome moments, but it really did have some cringeworthy mm-hmm. moments. But the other the other thing I wanted to to point out was um, that the song Hey Big Spender, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to think it was kind of sexy just because of the, the rhythm and everything. And and I'm watching it this time and I'm saying, holy shit, there's so much female rage in this song. Wow. <laughs> like, and, the, and the way it's, and I think that, you know, the choreography and the way it was, it was filmed, the way the mm-hmm. song was presented, it it's like holy shit these women hate these men (laughs) you know i'm really i'm really interested that i find it very interesting that that's what came across to that to you now i wonder if it came across back then not to me not as not as a kid maybe it did maybe it did i hope it did is it's not that subtle so you you feel that they were specifically they were they were trying for that. that I think it so. Yeah. I think I think they made deliberate choices, and it's also it's also I, it kind of speaks to you know how women really feel about you know having to be put in a in a situation where they have to have this kind of job. Maybe I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And and the end of the movie is. And I don't feel bad about spoiling uh, something that's been out since 1969. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm like, I'm like yelling at the TV because because you know, Charity Love Valentine or whatever her name was, um, how she how she reacts to to the guy, you know, how she lets people use her constantly, and she never she never she never changes. She's like this, mm. this kind of, and, and that made me sad, you know. Like she, yeah. she evolve in the course of the film? No, that- she does not evolve. And she's mm. always, and she's, she's, she's basically, she lets men use her uh, and, and gets her hopes up and they're dashed each time. And at the end, you know, the guy dumps her because he can't handle the fact that, that she was with other men in, before him. And, and that was oh. kind of weird because the guy looks like he's got like silver gray hair so he, he's got to be at least his late 30s early 40s and if he's you know a 40 year old virgin in that day and age and he can't deal with a woman that's had a life it's like come on 
you know, mm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really that really bothered me. Like, why is he so old? And you know, usually, and ex- bachelors expecting of, her. Yeah, bachelors of that of that in that era who were still bachelor confirmed bachelors back in that time, they were gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that's why they were bachelors because they were gay, and it's it, it's like let's just ignore all of that, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And that and that bothered me. Um, it's it's interesting that that it's with your current day eyes looking back at this and seeing what you take away from it. Um, I think that's happening a lot. They were talking about uh, what's her name from Sixteen Candles. Um, Molly Ringwald has been talking about yeah. She was yeah looking at her her movies and being disturbed by what happened in those movies that nobody thought anything of back when those movies came out. Right. Yeah. That that was the eighties. This is you know another ten years, fifteen years earlier than that. Um, Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I guess that's problematic, and there's a lot of stuff that's jarring uh, because suddenly there's this huge dance number and everybody's dressed like they're in a marching band, which didn't Mm. make any sense. I mean, yeah, it fit for the song, but in terms of the storytelling, it made no sense. And it was, it was like, wait a minute, did this suddenly turn into the music man? I mean, what the hell is going on here? And uh, from what I understand, the stage show was different. And when they made it into the movie, uh, some things kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah, I mean, you know. I could see, I could see that some some studio executive said we need to have a big dance number here, and people need to be in these red costumes because Shirley MacLaine looks great in them. I don't know, <laughs> it, mm. it was just really weird. Um, I mean, the, and then the technical issues between the dialogue and the musical numbers uh, were very, very glaring. And it's like, okay, Shirley has just moved into it. Oh, it's, it's, well, the minute she starts singing, it's like she's all suddenly has reverb on her voice and there's all this production. And it's like, they didn't, they didn't even try to, 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 to move smoothly and the levels change. It's like, um, you know, I, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I didn't think sound production back in 1969 was that primitive that they couldn't have fixed that, but Mm. you know um yeah that's well then also nits. remember that you were watching it on youtube so it might not have been a very good copy maybe yeah. well this is interesting I, this is a movie i am not familiar with so i'm looking forward to checking out checking it out and seeing what i see in it too. okay so. well that would be cool yeah i guess in, in in terms of our show i should say let's watch this and talk about it <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm totally happy to be the one who hardly ever sees movies and to just listen and learn. So <laughs> that works for me. Okay. Um, but I think, I don't know, maybe we need to have a, a, like a nerd day and we all sit and watch like Black Panther or something. You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com on Twitter at Leftscape, and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. New episodes every Wednesday. 